0: What is the moon and what is it made of? Is it hollow and colonized? What's really on the dark side of the moon and what moon references and symbolism have made their way into our society that we didn't even realize? We'll join remote viewer John Vivanco and me, investigative researcher Rob Counts, for a metaphysical show today that's out of this world. Hello, everyone. Hey, John, how are you? Doing well, doing well. Pretty excited about
1: this episode. I don't know. I'm never really that excited about the moon. Um, (laughs) You know, the moon is, the moon is a weird thing. Weird thing. I just, I mean, you know, there's only really one way to wrap your head around it. And that is, well, we'll get to that because nothing else makes sense except for one explanation.
0: I I agree. It's, it's mathematically, the moon is impossible and to say anything otherwise after looking all of the, at all of the data on the moon you'd have to be crazy or you'd have to come to the assumption that it's not at all a miracle <laughs> that it, that do you get what i mean like yeah that, well yeah it it was basically put there i mean um so I, yeah i've collected a bunch of, of of interesting data just to just to talk through And, uh, man, there's so like of in the, well, you know, in the conspiracy theory world, there's so many different things wrapped around the moon. It's a, it's a strange topic. And what the heck is on the dark side? Right. Well, I mean, yeah, it makes the dark side. I know, you know,
1: there's tidal lock and all that, but the dark side does make it a little bit more uh, convenient, I'd say, um, you know, away from the earth all the time. Um, and I think that, Overall, in general, you find that there's going to be a lot of scientists that are actually the ones who have raised these questions about the moon, which I find very interesting. Because it's not the conspiracy theorists that are raising the questions, it's the scientists. And then that gets just, you know, well, well, let's just not talk about that
0: thing. But, you know... And the scientists are very careful about what they say. They are very careful. They'll often say things like, I don't want to make, I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but none of this makes sense. Right. Exactly. But see, this basket of
1: anomalies is so full that at a certain point, it's just going to burst open. And people are just going to be going, wait, what? Unless those moonbeams keep everybody under total control, which who knows? I mean, really, could be. Yeah, could be.
0: I mean, we don't know. That's the weird thing. So have you, have you, have you, looked at any of the data around the moon? I, mean, I have. Yeah. yeah. I have, a, I've looked at some of it, but I I'm
1: guessing knowing you, you, you probably have like, I don't know, a mile high and a mile wide section that I've never seen before.
0: I, I, I took, research. I took like 10% of what I had for the, for the show, just cause I was like, we're never getting through all of this anyway. So let's yeah. just help people understand how ridiculous impossible the moon is and so and and the moon mathematically lines up with all kinds of other strange numbers that we find in sacred geometry and in in the mysteries of mathematics um like the the mystery of 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 108 have you ever reviewed any of that i have no idea what that is what is okay so this um, this was actually when i first started researching the moon this was one of the first things i came across that i was like it's impossible. Like it's impossible for this to be true, and for the moon to be like a coincidence. And that is that exactly one hundred and eight um, Earths can fit inside the sun. So one hundred and eight. Okay, so that exactly one hundred and eight Earths That's fit inside the sun. Huh. And there's exactly. Um, one hundred and eight suns fit between the Earth and the Sun. So, one hundred and eight Earths fit in the Sun. One hundred and eight suns fit exactly between the Sun and the Earth. One hundred and eight moons fit between the Earth and the Moon. One hundred and eight <laughs> moons fit between the Earth and the Moon. What now, what's going
1: on here? Okay, are but, We are we in a dream? Yeah, are you this sure is, this isn't a dream? Not possible. Now,
0: this is this is really. Now we're going to wake up seriously this can't be real. Um, the sun yes, so um, the sun is 108 Earths wide okay now every other planet in the solar system, every other planet in the solar system exactly fit between the Earth and the moon. so so if you took out Earth and you put and you mashed every other planet planet up next to one another and you you could slip them exactly between the earth and the moon exactly but 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 why (laughs) well why well exactly yeah exactly so so whoever or whatever like this is either like this is this is like we're talking about divine mathematics here like this is right we are yeah, yeah because like think about it if Uh, now i'm assuming here right because i'm like thinking about this and i'm like my gosh like this is this is kind of insane this data right but it 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 kind of it's like all of these figures are in relationship to one another right so they're using the mathematics of the solar system to create equations between whoever it is like whether it's a divine being or it's a if it's a race that was like mathematically like you know um like advanced, okay. Um, so like this, this is incredibly impossible. Okay, now this is insane. Yeah, and I, I had never heard this. I had never heard this. But but the 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 number one hundred and eight exists in almost every single advanced spiritual right. practice or religion or whatever you want to call it, right? Like so so I'm I'm gonna just throw out a few more things here. So. You know, during uh, the crucifixion, Jesus received 6,666 blows. We know six, six, and so the sixes are bad, right? There were apparently 108 blows to his stomach. Yeah. Um, 108 Brahmins were invited to the name ceremony after the birth of Siddhartha Gautama. So when the Buddha was born, 108 Brahmins were invited to that naming ceremony. In in some traditions of the East, there are 108 paths to godhood or perfection. Um, In Buddhism, there's 108 earthly desires, lies, and delusions. Right,
1: and also... um you chant certain chants 108 times.
0: Yeah, and that's why they have 108 beads. 108 on beads. There. Yes. Right. There's 108 beads on there. On the mala. Buddhist. Yes, exactly. In many kung fu systems, there's 108 forms in the school. Um, there were exactly and for Christians who think we're just talking about Buddhism, not the case. Um, The Epistle of St. James, this is a very, very important work in in Christian history because the the book was of the the Epistle of St. James was about like doing good works, essentially, and how those were incredibly important for your cultivation in that system. Okay, there were exactly 108 verses in that. And then in the holy writings of Tibet, there were... 108 sacred books. And now if we look at what's going on with our planets, with the sun, with the moon, and then we're looking at all of the things that are related, like this was like whatever this is, is not a a normal thing. Like this is either technology beyond us, a, a divine arrangement that's beyond us or a very advanced civilization potentially that worked on putting the moon up there which I have my right. theories about, but.
1: Well, I mean, you know, we, we often think in terms of, um, of these, uh, well, so, case, okay, So math, math, maths from higher beings, aliens, whatever. Um, I think humans would generally treat that as something holy and sacred because it's kind of like, you know, you don't, we don't have any explanation for it. So it turns into this holy and sacred thing. It's maybe it's like, you know, an ancient tribe finding a candy wrapper and in the forest, and they never came across the culture who produced it, right? It's kind of like that. That's maybe just the divine... Uh, who knows if it's divine or not, but it's an arrangement. And in that arrangement, the humans who notice these patterns will consider it a divine arrangement, right? Whether it is
0: or isn't, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there's more evidence here. <laughs> so it, that that's going to to take us for a strange ride. Um, the, the Apollo 12 mission. You're familiar with it. Well, okay. So which one was 12?
1: 11 was when they landed on the moon.
0: The tw- uh, yeah, so 12. 12 was, I guess that second, that second, and the one second right time getting soil samples and yeah, yes, this one
1: buggies so, and stuff
0: like that. Yeah. They set up seismom- seismometers on the, on the moon. And they afterwards, after they set up the seismometers, they intentionally crashed. lunar module right it this created an impact so this is interesting this created an impact equivalent to about 1000 sticks of dynamite like uh, i think it was like 100 tons of tnt or something like that right don't quote me on that but something like that the shock waves built up for eight minutes and the moon rang like a bell and the reverb lasted for a half hour right yeah yeah, you know, they did
1: that a couple times, and one time it lasted three hours. That is crazy. I'd never heard that. That is insane. Right. I mean, what does that imply? That implies that there's an in- there is an, uh, an
0: interior shell, metallic possible shell. Also metal of some type. Yeah, right. That, that's what that implies. It implies that. And, and then they tested it. Right. They tested right. it, and, and, and they find very, very pure titanium content on the surface, like, like we're not talking about the dust, we're talking about the surface of the earth that they, they found, right? So right. They, they're, the titanium content is extremely pure, pure to the point where the temperatures would have to reach over 3000 Fahrenheit, which would indicate that the moon is hotter than earth, which is not really possible for uh, any a planet of that size or a, a satellite of that size, whatever right? Yeah. Well, you know, um,
1: in remote viewing certain areas of the moon, you know, we've chased down a lot of, uh, uh, transient lunar phenomena, um, and remote viewed, that kind of stuff. Um, we do find that the moon has got sort of rudimentary volcanic activity. Seriously, it does. Um, which, you know, actually that wouldn't preclude it from being, uh, artificial because, you know, when you get into, um, what is this? What is it? Civilizations, classes of civilizations, class one, two, three, that kind of thing. That that would be from um, the Kardashev scale, right? You get get in the Kardashev scale, and he's got like classifications of civilizations. A class one civilization can manipulate planets, mm. right? Yes, can move planets around. Like- so I think a lot of people who think about the moon being, you know, artificial perhaps would think of it like a spaceship with a hollow, fully hollow core, but I don't. I don't think of it that way. I think. I think what we're looking at probably more along the lines of, you know, the Kardashev scale, class one civilization that can move planets, manipulate
0: planets. It's like a Death Star. It's like a Death Star without a laser. Maybe you <laughs> <We> don't know. <laughs> well, you, actually, you know what's
1: curious? Do you remember? Um, I think it was in two thousand twenty two two thousand i mean sorry two thousand two thousand twenty trump was t-
0: started to talk about mining the moon. I remember that oh yeah, you know why right why well, the titanium content and helium three right, right. helium three is there, and helium three is so valuable that the cost to mine it would be like like you know tenfold covered by mining the helium-3 that's on moon and the moon it's very very um it's a very very rare metal right and and so like i think i think trump got the data and he was like well let's just make tons of money off of that right well who's gonna make the money <laughs> <laughs> we're United going to be rich States, Knowing trump he was probably like how do i get rid of this like uh you know um huge debt we have i don't know right. no, he's a business guy I, yeah the the concocted debt uh, right, <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> well you know here's the thing so when they got back from the moon the first apollo 11 12 whatever the where was the talk of mining the moon back then well, yeah. i mean right it's like and then all of a sudden, in, in, in How did we sweep that under the rug? We're like, we're like, we're gonna mine the moon. We're gonna mine. Okay, so if you watch this, that one video, that one specific video where Apollo eleven just gets back and they're in a press conference. Okay, so so you look at these these guys, their their body language, how they're speaking for like an hour and a half, and they are. I swear it's something's wrong. Something's going on. Like they're depressed. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like, they're, it's like, they're saying a script.
0: They're being very, very calculated and careful about what they're saying.
1: Right. And their face facial expressions, especially Armstrong is just disgusted. It's just disgusted. And so here's the thing, like what happened? Okay. So number one, what could have happened was that they didn't go to the moon right and now they're acting this whole thing out but before they supposedly went to the moon they were excited they were happy if you look at you know tv footage before that they were ex- they were ecstatic and now they've just been like on the greatest journey a human can potentially take in physical at that time
0: and they're just depressed yeah, so so do you think they didn't go cuz i think my, i think something else happened but i'm curious to know what you think
1: well So when we remote view, you know, when he steps out of the lander onto the moon, we do get that he is on the moon. Among other things, we get a bunch of other things. Right. But here's the weird part. Sometimes the data flips. So I've tasked this. I can't even tell you how many times. I'll task new students on this. I'll task, you know, longtime viewers on this. Sometimes we get a film studio. Sometimes we get them truly on the moon. And there was this one statement. Donald Rumsfeld had said a while ago something akin to, "Oh yeah, I don't know. There's we we, we pre filmed this stuff because you know we weren't sure if they were going to make it or not. So I don't know if this footage is from the moon or from the film studio. It could be either, right? But so there is that as well. So we get both. We get both. Okay, I think so-
0: actually Apollo ended right there. So okay. ended there, John. So for for anyone who's coming into this show who hasn't seen it yet. Tell everyone at home what remote viewing is so that they know. Just
1: remote, remote viewing, yeah. I mean, right. I always forget about that. Yeah, part. yeah, me too. It's like <laughs> natural for you and I because we both know what it is, so... Right. So it's, it's, it's a method of gathering what we call non-local information or, or things that exist outside of our five senses that you can't gather information on in any other way. And it's a very controlled methodology where we use multiple remote viewers on one single question, and they are blind to that question. And they just go through their training, they go through a methodology, and they produce all these pages of information on what you want to know. And then you cross-correlate all the data to build a picture of what's going on. In a very simple nutshell, that's it.
0: Right, and 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 different three-letter agencies have used remote viewing to great success throughout. They still do history, they and they still, still do. do. Yeah, interesting. yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Okay, so back to what you were just saying. What were you just saying?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I was saying that I think the Apollo missions. Oh yeah, the in- Apollo missions stopped there. I think they stopped there. Yes. Twelve, I'm not sure about. We never looked at twelve. Mm. Um, they could have gone, but I believe, well, in our data, what we have on that first moon landing was, for instance, what William Tom- Tompkins spoke about. He was a yes a aerospace engineer. That for guy probably. was awesome to listen to. He was awesome. Yeah. He, um, he was one of the whistleblowers. Now, there were a lot of whistleblowers on, on that moon landing who spoke about the crew landing, Sea of Tranquility, and then being encircled by um, UFOs, craft, yeah, craft on the crater wall. And while they were on their way to the moon, they were being followed by lights. So, so this whole thing was a display, it was a show. It was, it was the aliens who are mining the moon, basically, were giving them a show, do not come here. This is under our jurisdiction. Right. That, that's what it was all about. And I believe why you have the astronauts um, so just out to lunch yeah, in that up in press it. conference because they know it's done. It's over. It's we can't go back. That's why there's no talk of mining the moon. That's why there's no talk of mining the moon back then. So what happened, actually, what happened in 2020 to have trump say let's go mine the moon and everybody on board with it what happened because that's not human jurisdiction right i don't know that's something that i need to i need to look into because that's a big question in the back that is a good line. question i
0: i assume right that that trump had data of what metal contents were on the moon but not necessarily the data of what happened when they went to the moon. And we we right. at Edge of Wonder, we we did two episodes on the moon. I, I recommend everybody out there go check out. One of them was um, it's on rise.tv, but one of them is um, you know, like just data on the moon. And the other one was all about exactly what you just talked about, which is how was Stanley Kubrick actually involved in the moon landings right. and what happened. Because at the time, '69. 2001 Space Odyssey comes out, only dude on the planet that understands how to accurately portray the moon landing as Stanley Kubrick. Successfully directed space um, in, his, in his movie, 2001 Space Odyssey. Actually, these three are all really good. The alien base is caught on the moon is very interesting as well. Uh, but this moon secret facts, can you X out of that, Lindsay, the, um, the email? Thanks. Um, What really happened on the moon there? And so, you know, through research, John, we got exactly what you got through your remote viewing, which is that the moon landing happened, but there was also video that was made in case it didn't to splice in if there were any if there was anything on screen that came on that they couldn't predict or account for, they were to splice in and cut to the moon landing that they had generated the moon landing content that they had created so that the show must go on no matter what. So they did it for two reasons. One, my understanding is, is that during the cold war, it had to be a successful moon landing for the political reasons with the USSR. But the other, the other was that they had to keep secret what was actually in space while they were doing everything. If anything happened, which it did according to William Tompkins and others. Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's
1: our data showed that they were contained they were completely contained with with two groups of individuals with with just rudimentary low level technology and then very high technology that totally cordoned them off and and put them in a position where they had to surrender and you know that the attitude of the astronauts in the data was just depression surrender depression oh no it's over it, it was it was kind of like this idea being portrayed as well of this calm before a storm. So that, that seemed to be this, this, um, this point where things started to go in a different direction. Humans had been totally, at least on the, the government level, had been totally cordoned off and, and, and corralled in by these beings. And it wasn't just you know here on, uh, or there on the moon, It was also reflected in what the aliens could potentially get out of the humans, and and this whole like you know um, taking of uh, DNA, um, uh, you know, abducting humans, you know, that whole thing about probably around seventy five percent of Americans have been abducted. What? i've yeah. never heard that data but yeah there's yeah. a st- statistic really? out there about 75 percent it's most just don't recall and what these guys are doing we're basically just um testing genetics dna to see yeah. if they can use it you know maybe one time for most people uh getting picked up but you know the ones that they like then you know ter- put them in their little breeding factory or whatever take their mm-hmm. genetics to keep you know, this is the whole thing with these guys. They tell this story. You hear the story a lot where it's like, we're doing this because our race is dying. Oh, oh, right. Our race is dying and we need your genetics. Please help us. You're talking about the, the yeah. aliens, right? Yeah. The aliens, the big headed yeah. bug eye guys. They're right. <laughs> you know, but that's just BS. That's total BS. It's it's a story. It's a story to get humans in line with it.
0: Do you, So do you think it's... um. You think it's, it's they're just after the technology, the genetic technology?
1: They are. They're using humans as a farm. To do what? A farm. They're farming humans. But yeah, but, but, but why, do you think? For the purpose of um, enhancing races, creating biobots, using little act, you know, sections of, of, of DNA, of, of having women, taking women who um, fit into their programs genetically, and then putting them in a breeding program unknown to their conscious mind but it bleeds through because i know a lot of people that are beginning to remember this kind of stuff where they are um brought on the ships or locations the moon bases in order to take care of those children to give them that motherly connection right so humans are important from that standpoint to raise to help raise these biological entities that they're creating um as opposed to just keeping Eggs and semen in a vat somewhere, and just putting it together when they want to, right? Because they still need that like nurturing thing that humans have.
0: Hmm. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, um... we got off. We got. We got total <laughs> off track. Right? But that's what we see. We see
1: kind of the stuff on the moon. So we'll see these things. I don't know if we're getting too far ahead. of.
0: No, no, that's okay. The, no, this is good. So, uh, so when you're, this is, no, you're not just making this stuff up. You guys are this is in, remote in, viewing data. in addition to, yeah, to right. us r- for research here that you, we can find or that people's accounts, like you're remote viewing this stuff. So, and, and you're seeing these things even related to the moon itself. Right. Right.
1: And I think that there's such a huge program going on on the moon by a specific set of aliens that we just aren't allowed to go there because they aren't doing things probably, you know, that humans would necessarily agree with, um, you know, keep the, keep the people away from the farms, keep the, the mass of people away from the farms that they're, that they've created underground, underground bases. A lot of what we see on the moon is mining. They're, they're literally mining the moon. Most of it is like when you get to um, Alan Sturm's
0: coffee table book, for instance, ULOs, it's uh, a ULO stand for unidentified what lunar objects. Lunar objects. Yes. OK, that's right.
1: Right. So so his book, we've looked at a lot of the um, imagery from his book because, see, he was taking the NASA original Apollo photographs and really just. Going through them with a fine tooth comb and looking for any anomalies in them, right? I mean, it seems like you've got to—I don't know—be high to do that constantly. Lindsay, can you pull that book up? It's because I don't it. know how you can just stare at these forever. Um. So yeah, can ULO start the title again. ULOs, Alan Sturm, S T U R M. So he was—he was going through the databases of Apollo photographs and noticing patterns in them to hmm. identify these structures that they potentially missed. And so he publishes this coffee table book showing these things, and he basically gets shut down. Um, the IRS takes his money, he's threatened, he has to pull the book from uh, for sale, and he just sort of disappears into obscurity. They did do a documentary, I think, in 2014. Uh, about aliens on the moon using his material. But when we looked at a lot of these with remote viewing, they're they're mining operations. It's like junk littering the surface of the moon from these mining operations that they've abandoned, whether
0: they've depleted minerals or 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 whatever. There were two astronomers in history at the very beginning when people were starting to, the technology for telescopes were kind of coming into play and all of that, well, more so. Cassini said he saw clouds on the moon. And there was one other guy, I can't remember his name, also said that there was volcanic activity on the moon and that the that was generate and whatever it was was generating clouds. Okay, here's the ULO's um, book that Lindsay is just pulling up now. And it says unidentified lunar objects revealed in NASA photography. And um, yeah, I mean, he he would have had to look really closely at this stuff.
1: And think about it too. So if he got shut down for this, that means that he hit a very, very strong chord. Or
0: yeah, sensitive topic.
1: Very sensitive. Like you can say whatever you want about the moon, crazy style, like what we're talking about with remote viewing, right? But if you take these photographs and you identify potential structures in them, they're not going to like that because that's how the average person gets on board with there being structures on the moon. You so know,
0: that's a danger. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of the report I just saw very recently of a guy who had an Area 51 blog. And he, w- he like got close to Area 51, took some photos from far away, published the photos and got like his house got ransacked. Right, yeah. And it's yeah. like, well, you know, and everyone was like, Oh, you know, there's definitely something going on in area. 51, and it's like, yeah, yeah, there probably is something going on in area fifty one, but why did you publish those photos? Right. Like, like you you just you took it to that that exact place that you need to not take it, you know, right. yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. The blog was fine, but as soon as you posted photos of Area 51 that were the clearest photos anyone had ever seen of that, you know, highly top secret fortress of theirs. You got ransacked. Right, yeah. Don't publish the photos. No, you just don't do that. Right. Right. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Don't publish the photos.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know. So, you know, this this whole moon construct here is such a weird thing that it's like we're not allowed to touch it on certain levels. Otherwise, it's like the Area 51 guy getting ransacked.
0: Well, John, I wonder if the clouds that you know those astronomers I mentioned found were related to the mining. Well, look at Aristarchus Crater.
1: Uh, Aristarchus Crater for 1500 years, 1500 years, people have been noticing and cataloging a glow that happens within it, a blue glow, right? And in fact, when Apollo 11 was flying over the area on the way to land, there was a green glow coming out of the crater. This is like in their um, radio transmissions so so that glow that's always been a heavy duty interest of of mine with remote viewing um, because what we have going on there is is like a fusion reactor. There's like a fusion reactor that is being used uh, as 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 power for mining activities right, and what they're doing is they're they're converting volcanic some type of volcanic activity so we've got two things going on there the blue glow is sort of a it's like a k-band type of frequency that only comes from uh, these types of fusion reactions Hmm. like the sun is a fusion reactor so it's going to have you know but the moon's not a fusion reactor i don't think so we've got two things going on we've got volcanic activity that's being converted into energy Mm -hmm. by a fusion reaction in the aristarchus crater and these beings have set up i mean they've been doing that what for 1500 years there at least because people have noticed it for that long so they're 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 using that as power for mining that's it that's Mm -hmm. what they're doing well i mean they also have a lot of genetic engineering and layers levels going on underneath it doing other things the old human farming bit um but that stuff has been occurring on the moon for a long time. And I think those vapors, in fact, there was a 2014 documentary, Aliens on the Moon, I think, where um, they actually took some Apollo footage flying over the moon. And there were little puffs of vapors coming out of like almost look like pipes. Yeah. Right. Where, you know, those pipes were probably used to, I don't know, just to off gas, off vent. Yeah, of course. From- Ventilation. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they can, if you can
0: really say ventilation because of the fact that it's the moon. No, <laughs> it's the moon. <laughs> well, okay. Like let, let's, let's go ahead and theorize though. If it was, it, it could have been ventilation because if they're, do, if they're mining and they're down somewhere and they have they're getting rid of the of, gases, if yeah. they have some form of oxygen, that's keeping everything going, the gases have to get out of there somehow. Right? Yeah. Right. Right. Um, okay. So we have a few more minutes in this episode. And then we're going to have a part two to this, you guys. So next week we'll have a part two of this, but I wanted to drop a couple other pieces of data on you about the moon, John, before we end this episode. Okay. So two, there's two things. One is you are just talking about the, um, the craters, the craters on the moon. One of the craters, the most um, famous of the craters is about four miles wide. Can't remember the name of it. It's the big one. Um, okay. So if, there was an impact on the earth and it had created a four mile wide crater. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. The, the, the craters on the moon are like impossibly shallow. Right. Yeah. Okay. So if it was on the, the earth, I believe the, I believe if there was a, if there was a four mile wide, crater it would make an 11 mile deep hole wow wow and now those those uh, craters are just like you know a mile like maybe not even you know what right. i mean like it's right. it's like nothing in comparison so it shows us that whatever the contents of the moon are it's not like organic rock or whatever we're talking about metal hard metal right that's really weird Okay. That is really weird. Yeah, no, remember what we were saying? Like we, were, we were explaining all the math around the moon to everyone at the beginning, and the math basically saying, like, look, you know, if there's exactly 108 moons between the moon and the Earth, okay, that is a very specific number. Now, combine that figure and the distance with the fact that when there is an eclipse, the moon is exactly, and I mean precisely, The size in the sky of the sun. Right. How is it possible that the moon is exactly the size of the sun at that 108 moons distance from the earth? Think about that. It's because it's a spaceship. (laughs) Because it's it's a spaceship. (laughs) It's a giant spaceship. It's a giant. And okay. And last thing. Every single other satellite, they call moon satellites in the solar system, okay? Because they are. They're just rotating around the, the, the mother planet, right? Every other satellite in the entire solar system only reaches about 5% of the actual planet size. Right. So the moon, their moon, like Saturn's moons or whatever, it's literally less than 5% of the size of the planet. Yep. Earth's moon is something like 24 to 26% the size of planet earth. Think about the chances of that how, and then, how could the not in orbit. That's it. It's like in order to orbit at the exact speed that it's that it's orbiting at which is one time a day like the you know what i mean? Like that whole thing mathematically lining up the way that it does, where for the most part the moon is only at night and not in, during the day, none of this makes any sense whatsoever. Like, very, extremely precise. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, the, really, the only
1: explanation, really, is that it is a controlled object. I don't, I, you know, don't want to say spaceship, just because it just sounds... It just it puts us in the realm of what just
0: space station.
1: <laughs> what about just we just call it Death Star or the giant
0: spaceship of disruption. That's John's we'll like it. I don't want to call it a spaceship because, you know, I want to I want to I, I was I, talking I, about aliens earlier. But that I'm would telling you I'm I'm, I'm I'm
1: I'm I'm going to try and make remote viewing hold up in a court of law. That's my whole goal <laughs> my, for my whole life. That's really what I'm going to do here. <laughs> That's great.
0: It's a, it's a data point, right? You don't have to listen yeah. to it, but here's what we found. <laughs> Actually, so uh,
1: wh- you know, this is about the year around the year 2000. There was this gray alien that would show up to the remote viewing team, and one person in particular, um, it would show up to her, and this gray alien would impart all this information. Some of the information the gray alien imparted had to do with the moon being a spaceship, and how they had brought it into position. I don't necessarily believe him because it was a gray alien, Mm -hmm. Uh, but was talking literally about it being a spaceship and called it the giant spaceship of disruption, which, you know, I mean, disruption, I think that's really a good word for it.
0: I think we need to change its name. Well, I have my theories on how the moon got up there. And in the next episode, of metaphysical where we talk about the moon we're gonna go through even crazier stuff than we talked about here all about the moon so hang in there you guys uh and we'll see you all next week john thanks so much for being here all right see ya